chapter 9, uh, verse 10, as we begin. Uh, We all have them. Some of us like them. Some of us don't. Some of us think that they are really weird. Others of us think that they're actually quite cool. Some of us know them well. Some of us don't know them really at all. Uh, Some of us love them, and others of us might even go so far as to say that we hate them. Some of us see them. uh, Some of us never see them. Some of us struggle with them, and others of us just absolutely and totally adore them. But we all have them. I'm talking about parents. You have a father and a mother. And you know that God really cares about what your relationship with those two people is like. Now, obviously, as we talk about that, uh, you only make up one side of the equation. You can only control yourself. You can't control them. Uh, You just control your side of that relationship. What are you doing and what are you going to do on your side of that equation? Uh, Many children interact, uh, I think we could say, quite foolishly with their parents, with mom and dad. And the book of Proverbs addresses this issue. It's a real problem. It's a big problem. And from this book, the book of Proverbs, as as well as the entirety of Scripture, you can learn how to be a great kid, uh, whether you're simply five years old or even if you're a 55-year-old kid. And mom and dad are still around. How do you relate to them? Essentially, Solomon in the book of Proverbs teaches something like this. Don't be foolish. You know, just kind of in a blunt way. Don't be a fool. Be a wise kid. We could almost call this sermon, How Not to Be a Foolish Kid. Or on the flip side, How to Be a Great Kid. And maybe, let's, it's maybe a little bit nicer to stay positive, so we'll stay with that. How to Be a Great Kid. In short, if you want to do that, you should wisely relate to your parents. Uh, if you've made it to Proverbs chapter 9 by now, join me in verse 10 well-known phrase from the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I draw you there uh, from the get-go, mainly because we're talking about how you can be a great kid, which has to do with wisdom. And this verse just said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So before we jump into how to be a great kid, let's make sure we're clear on something and hopefully very, very, very clear. Wisely relating to your parents begins with what Solomon calls the fear. Or we might even say the awe and reverence of the Lord. Your relationship with your mom and dad hinges on your relationship with God. Your relationship with your parents, maybe I could say it this way, will never somehow be greater or or better in some way than what your relationship with God is. It's not going to surpass it. If you want to improve your relationship with your parents, then improve your relationship with God. Solomon says it's the fear of the Lord. It all comes back to your relationship with God. That is the beginning of wisdom. And so with that in mind, and we're going to come back to that actually at the end of the sermon But let's talk now about how to be a great kid and how to wisely relate to your parents, knowing that that all goes back to your relationship with God himself. Three words of advice. Here's the first one. Turn up the volume on mom and dad. If you just want to remember a single word, think of the word listen. 
Turn to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. God wants you to listen to your mom and dad when they speak, particularly if you're still in their home. And they're going to teach you. Uh, They're not only going to teach you in the positive sense, so to speak. They're also going to correct you. And God expects you to listen. Turn up the volume on mom and dad and make sure that you are hearing whatever it is that they are saying and getting what they're putting down, so to speak. Uh, I brought with me a few things today. Uh, The first thing that I brought with me, I think you'll recognize this. This is a TV remote. I grabbed this from our basement uh, TV. Uh, I can use this thing. I mean, I can sit loafing on my couch, eating potato chips and all kinds of good snacks with this thing in my hand, and I can do all kinds of amazing things. I mean, I can find the volume button, and I can press it and press it and press it and turn it up. I can uh, turn it way down. There's also on this remote a really tiny little button right here, and it's got the picture of a speaker. And over the speaker, there's a big X. And you know what that button is? It says mute. And I, I can just sit there on my couch. Commercial comes on if I'm watching TV. Mute. Yeah, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> no thanks. When mom and dad speak into your life and they speak to you, you are going to do something with mom and dad that, that's very similar to what you would do with this thing. You're going you're gonna to turn their voice up and you're going to say, I want to listen. You're going to say, yeah, it's just mom talking again. I think I'll turn her voice down. Or mute. No thanks. Whatever dad's saying, whatever mom has to say, it's not important. Well, from Scripture, God wants you to turn up the volume on mom and dad and listen. By the way, listening involves, uh, I think we could say it, at least two activities. On the one hand, it involves hearing something. And on the other hand, it involves heeding. God wants you literally, literally to hear what your parents are saying to you. Uh, something is coming out of their mouth God wants you to hear it with your ears. But it can't stop there. God doesn't just want you to hear what they're saying. God wants you to heed what they're saying. In other words, God wants you to act upon or do something with what you hear your parents say. When mom and dad are talking to you, typically that's going to mean that you should give them your undivided attention. What would that involve? Well, it probably means that you should give them your eyes, that you should be uh, looking at them as they speak. It also probably means that you should give them your ears. You are listening with your ears to what they say. And perhaps most importantly, as mom and dad are speaking or trying to say something or correct you, you should give them your heart. In Proverbs 23, verse 26, Solomon said this to his son, My son, give me your heart. He doesn't want his son to just pretend that he's listening or, you know, he's, he's learned how to be respectful. So he's looking at dad with his eyes and his ears are open and it looks like he's listening. Solomon says, son, give me your heart. Give them your undivided attention and strive to understand what they're saying. What is mom saying to me? What is dad saying to me? What does it mean? What are they asking And do your best to take action based on what they say. Uh, This is what listening tends to look like most of the time. And I'm not the one who's telling you that you should listen to your parents. God is. Look with me where I've asked you to turn there in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. A wise son. And that's what we're talking about, right? How to be a great kid, which has to do with wisdom. 
a wise son hears his father's instruction. He hears it. He listens. But notice what comes next. But a scoffer does not listen. Particularly to what? Rebuke. According to this verse, what does God want you to listen to? He wants you to listen not just to your parents' instruction, but also to their correction. Those are the two halves of this verse, instruction and correction. Listen to your parents' instruction. They're going to try to teach you all kinds of things. And their teaching attempts, what they try to teach you, and the way that they do that, uh, those teaching attempts at times will be feeble and frail, and they're going to mess up. And sometimes mom and dad are even going to kind of not be so good at it. And their attempts may be broken and flawed at times, but they, uh, with God's help, are going to try to teach you all kinds of things. They're going to try, if your mom and dad love Jesus, they're going to try to teach you to fear God. They're going to try to teach you something about this book that you need to bow down your whole life before what God says in this book. They're going to try to teach you to welcome correction, to try to teach you to let other people speak into your life and grow and learn as people talk to you. They're going to try to teach you to work hard and to have a good work ethic, whether anybody's watching or not. They're going to try to teach you to be truthful and ethical and honest in everything you do, even though the world's not that way at all. They're going to try to teach you how to talk, right? They're going to try to teach you to choose your words carefully and to not speak this way, but to speak this way. They're going to teach you, hopefully, how to view and how to manage your resources well. They're going to try to teach you what to do with your time and your energy and your money. They're going to try to teach you how to exercise purity and self-control. Say, you know what, this is a major danger zone. You have to be really, really careful here. And here's how you walk this road. They're going to try to teach you how to be a really good friend and how to choose really good friends. And at times they may say, this is the type of friend you don't want to hit your wagon to. This is not the type of friend that you should be really, really close to. You should be kind and you should be nice, but steer clear. They're going to try to teach you, should it be God's plan for you to marry, how to find a godly spouse who will do you good all the days of your life. And if you sit there as a know-it-all with all the answers, do you know what God says? God says, you are a fool. Listen to your parents' instruction. And along with that, listen to your parents' correction. Look back at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 1. Noting the second half of the verse in particular, it says, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. God actually tells your parents to correct you, both with their words and with real consequences. And you will either harden yourself against that when it comes, or you will softly, tenderly, and humbly receive it. And there could be a bit of a learning curve on that one. But Proverbs 17, verse 10 describes it to us this way. It says that a rebuke, okay, a verbal rebuke goes deeper or it it penetrates deeper into a man of understanding than 100 blows into a fool. In other words, there's a type of kid or there's a type of person that all that needs to happen is someone needs to speak a word of correction into their life and they get it and they change and they learn from it. And then there are other types of people who they could take a hundred blows, they could take all kinds of beatings and never learn. 
Uh, you think about the, the prison system, for example. There may be someone who ends up in prison, and they get out, and they just commit another offense. And then right back in they go, never having learned. And people are different that way. Some people, you speak to me, I'm listening, I'm going to learn, I'm going to change. And other people, you could speak all day to me, I could get all kinds of consequences, and I'm still just going to be thick-headed and not learn a thing. At times, your parents are going to try to correct your attitudes. And they're going to try to correct your behaviors and your thought patterns, the way that you think. At times, they're going to try to correct whatever's going on in your heart. They're going to try to correct and speak to your choices. What are you going to do with that? Correction is never fun. Who wants to be corrected? And by the way, it doesn't end when you move out of the home. There will always be people who are correcting you. Correction is never fun, and it's humbling, but it's life-giving in such a good way. And the P- Proverbs actually talks about it's the person who loves you who will speak the hard things into your life. You hold in your hands and in your heart a remote. And as mom and dad speak to you, you're either going to turn the volume up and you're going to pay attention and you're going to try to listen or you're going to go, yeah, no thanks, dial mom and dad down, mute, I don't have time for this. And you may even tune them out altogether. What does God say? Turn up the volume on mom and dad in a word, listen. Listen to your parents and you will be glad you did as a general rule. It is listening, the hearing and heeding of your parents' voice that is, really becomes the foundation to the second word of advice uh, that the second word of advice is built on because listening leads to something. Listening leads to benefiting. Second word of advice, maybe I'll phrase it this way, milk mom and dad for all that they are worth. In a word, benefit from them. And if you don't understand that phrase, it basically just means you get everything from mom and dad that you can. This is something that you're probably already really good at, especially if you're a teenager. Here's how it goes, right? Hey, dad, I wanted to go out to eat with my friends tonight. Could I have $10? (laughs) Hey, dad, could I have some more money? Could I have some more money? Could I have some more money? And maybe if you're a girl, you bat your eyelashes and flip your hair, whatever it is. You're just going straight for dad's heart. Dad, could you please? Or maybe it's mom. Hey, mom, could I get a ride? I don't have my license yet. It's too expensive for car insurance and all the rest. All my friends are going to be at Jessica's house tonight. Could you please drop me off? But don't make an appearance, you know, just drop me off at the road. Uh, You're going to milk them for all that they're worth. Hey, dad, could I have some help with this? Or could I have some help with that? It's really, really hard. I just need some help. You already know how to milk mom and dad for all they're worth, but are you doing it with, with what God says actually really, 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 really matters? Turn over to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. We'll look at this verse in a moment. God wants you to benefit from all that your mom and dad have to offer. And that is a lot, by the way. You may think that your parents are useless in what they can offer you, but that's not what God says. God thinks differently than that. I, uh, I brought a few other items with me this morning that maybe will help in this regard. First of all, this, this is my piggy bank from, I think, when I was a kid. Uh, why don't we just pretend for a moment, what if we say that this is your dad? I don't know if there's a resemblance here or not, but, but let's just say that this is your dad. 
and I'm kind of out of coins, but let's pretend that there's a ton of coins in here. This is your dad, okay? Put him here. Who is this? We'll say that this is your mom, okay? And same thing. Inside of mom here, there's a ton of wealth, right? So here we go. Here's your mom, and here's your dad, and there are a ton of wealth. There's a ton of treasure in these two people. Both of them represent a treasure trove. And you put them, and you combine them together, and there's, there's huge, huge wealth here in mom and dad. Okay? Now, I brought one more. Who is this? We're going to call this you. No personal offense, but this is you. There's one coin in here, okay? What does God want to, want to happen? God wants, over the course of your lifetime, in particular your time in the home, all the wealth that's here with mom and dad to make its way here. It should be a massive transfer of wealth from, from mom and dad to their kids. And by the way, I'm, I'm not talking about financial wealth. Mom and dad have so much to offer you. And what they have, God wants you to get. And they have a response, mom and dad have a responsibility there to transfer all the wealth that they have to you, so to speak. But you have a responsibility before God to say, I want to get it. I want to benefit from all that mom and dad have to offer. It's one of the reasons that God gave you parents. Milk mom and dad for all that they are worth. And Solomon's going to tell us just how much your mom and dad are worth. And the priceless treasures that they have to offer you. First, uh, speaking of some priceless treasures, you can milk mom and dad for knowledge of God. Look there at Proverbs chapter 2, and I want to read verse 1, and then I'll skip down to verse 5. Solomon says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. In other words, son, if you'll do this first thing we talked about, if you'll listen, if you will hear and heed what your mom and dad are saying. Verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, then skipping down to verse 5, here's what will happen then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. Your mom and dad can teach you about God and his ways. They can teach you so much about God and his word and how to live the Christian life. That is a priceless, priceless treasure. And Solomon says to his son and and to all of us through this, milk mom and dad for all they're worth. They can teach you about God. Take that teaching. Benefit from it. A second priceless treasure. You can milk them for guidance and protection. Turn over to chapter 6, verse 20. Uh, Solomon already, we've seen, has described life like a road that you need to walk. We might say that life is like a journey. And sometimes that journey is dangerous. Oftentimes there are multiple routes 
that you could take, and all of them lead to different destinations. You could go this way, you could go that way, you could go all kinds of, down all kinds of different roads that are going to lead you down all types of different paths to all types of different destinations. And typically, those routes vary in difficulty. By the way, there are really hard ways, and there are ways that are easy. There are, are, are ways that are hard, ways that are easy. There are roads that lead to absolutely nowhere. And there are roads that lead to beautiful places. And on that journey, mom and dad can help you travel the road and get where God wants you to go. Regarding this journey, you can milk your parents for guidance and protection. You realize that mom and dad can save you from so much pain and heartache. And they can guide you. And they can actually speed you to places far more quickly than you would ever get there on your own. Join me in chapter 6. I want to read verses 20 to 22. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Again, that was point one. Listen. Listen as we teach you about God and his word and about life. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them, verse 21, on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. In other words, son, take our teachings with you wherever you go. Verse 22, when you walk, these teachings, these commandments, they will lead you. And when you lie down to sleep at night, they will watch over you. And when you wake up in the morning, they'll talk to you. They'll speak to you. You can milk mom and dad for guidance and protection. And what you get from them in your your early years of life, and even after you're out of the home, you will take with you throughout the rest of your life. And if you listen to what your parents teach you through the years of your life, you will be spared so much, and you will be guided, and you will be led. You can milk your parents for guidance and protection. You would be a fool not to do that. They can protect you from making the wrong friends. They can protect you from marrying the wrong person. When you're all caught up in the feelings and emotions, mom and dad aren't. They can protect you from doing stupid things that you will literally regret for the rest of your life. They can protect you from wasting very, very precious years of your life that you won't get back. They can protect you from missing huge learning opportunities. Uh, They can offer perspective that you simply do not have at your age because that perspective is gained through years of life. They can guide you into really good decisions. And I'm literally just scratching the surface. Let's move on to a third priceless treasure that you can milk them for. You can milk them for a great life, broadly speaking. Turn back to chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. God has given us at least two passages here in Proverbs that speak to the type of life that mom and dad can put into your lap if you'll listen to them and benefit from them. Uh, These verses are going to teach that you can have, number one, a high quality of life. And number two, you can have a long, peaceful life. That's the language that Solomon uses. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. Here Solomon says, My son, do not forget my teaching, 
but let your heart keep my commandments. That's point number one. Son, listen. Verse two, for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. If you listen to your mom and dad's teaching and commandments, they will add to you length of days, years of life, and peace. That is a great life. You can flip over to chapter 4. Look at verses 20 to 22. Again, he's speaking to his son, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. Again, point one, son, listen. Listen to your mom and dad as we teach you truth and biblical principle and things about God and what he says. And verse 22 says, if you do that, for they, these commandments and teachings, are life to those who find them and healing, medicinal to all their flesh. You can milk mom and dad for a great life. Think with me for a moment about what you forfeit when you don't benefit, benefit from mom and dad's voice. The trade-off is brutal. The opposite kind of life to what Solomon is describing is actually really hard. You trade, here's the words of the text we looked at, uh, length of days, years of life, peace, healing, health, life, You tend to trade that kind of life for a life that could be full of pain, suffering, conflict, stress, and so much more. Um, Just like these two piggy banks that I have here, there's a lot of wealth in your mom and dad. And you go, no, I I don't think that there is. And you can ignore them and not listen to them. But God says, actually, there's a ton of wealth here. And whatever wealth is in your mom and dad, God wants you to get. And a lot of that's going to depend on you and if you're going to take that or not. Now, in a sense, Proverbs presupposes a, God, or a mom and dad who love Jesus. Not every mom and dad are like that. And so the wealth that may be offered may be less if your parents uh, don't know about Jesus, but there is wealth nonetheless. And God wants you to get it. Milk mom and dad for all they're worth. Benefit from everything they have to offer. Can I encourage you to just look at how you're doing here and, and make changes? Are, do you ever go to mom and dad and seek their counsel and advice and input? Dad, what do you think? I mean, I think this or I kind of want to do that, but dad, what do you think? And can you explain to me why? Why is it that you think that? And mom, okay, my dad loves me. My mom loves me. Whatever it is they're saying to me right now, they're saying out of love. Are you going to them and, and talking to them that way? Ask them questions. Don't refuse their help and input on anything, small or big. Mom and dad want to help. No, 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 I don't need your help. No. Well, you start doing that from the time that we're toddlers and young. Yeah, I do it. I do it. I do it. Well, maybe your parents could help you. Don't be foolish and proud. And uh, I, I don't know if you're like me. You may, you may be an adult now and you think back to your home and your parents and you Maybe it wasn't perfect. I know my home certainly wasn't. But I look at my parents as an adult now and I think, oh man, I, I am so grateful for my mom and my dad and all the treasure that they passed on to me. 
And maybe you're sitting here as an adult right now and you're thinking similar thoughts. Yeah, sure, you, you can highlight the brokenness, you can point out the flaws, but at the end of the day, you can look back and go, you know what, my mom gave me a bunch of treasure. My dad gave me a bunch of treasure. And some of it I had to sort through, whatever the case may be, but they passed on to me a ton of treasure. Maybe even as an adult, I would encourage you this morning to thank your parents for the wealth that they have given you. Whether you're a child or whether you're fully grown, Dad, thank you. Mom, thank you. Second or third word of advice. Hold mom and dad in the highest regard. In a single word, respect. The first word was listen. The second was benefit. And now it's respect. Turn over to chapter 19, verse 26. God wants you to honor and respect your parents. When I, when I talk to my young children about honoring and respecting, those are words that they're, they're a little bit too big for them. They, don't, they struggle to, to, to grasp what those words mean. I think the big idea is that you should hold your mom and dad up really, really high in the way that you think about them, in the way that you talk to them, in the feelings that you have towards them, in the way that you obey them. You should hold them up really, really high in high regard and treat them accordingly. You should hold them high in your thoughts and hearts. Uh, often at weddings, a ring bearer walks down the aisle. Maybe you see a little boy and a little girl, and the girl's tossing her flowers. I, I don't know. I don't actually pay that close of attention. I think it's the girl that's normally tossing the flowers, and maybe it's the little boy that's got the ring. But one of them's got, oftentimes, this little plush pillow. What's, up, what's on the pillow? It's the ring. And the ring, though small, it's like weighty. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't believe we gave this thing to a four-year-old. Um, and they're walking down the aisle with this plush little pillow and the ring. And I think that pillow and the ring maybe give us a bit of an idea of how we should view our mom and dad. If we could put them elevated on a little plush pillow like that and recognizing their weight and significance. They should be elevated in your thoughts, attitudes, and deeds. You should put them in the place that they belong. God has uh, several things to say about kids who fail to honor and respect their parents. And what God says is not pretty. Uh, So first of all, failure to respect your parents, broadly speaking, is terrible and shameful. I want to read you a couple verses here just quickly. The first comes from Proverbs 19, verse 26. It says, He who does violence to his father and chases away his his mother, okay, that's not good, is a son who brings shame and reproach. Here's chapter 28, verse 24. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, that's no transgression, it's not a problem, no big deal, is a companion to a man who destroys. It's a terrible and, and shameful thing to show disrespect to your parents and to wrong them in any way, shape, or form. That's not something to be proud of. No matter, no matter what, that, what form that disrespect and dishonor takes, that is not good. Further, failure to respect your parents is a sign of other problems. Turn over to chapter 30, verses 11 to 14. Uh, have you ever been to the dump? You know, just the, the mountain of garbage? There are mountains heaping piles of garbage everywhere at the dump. It's gross and disgusting, but all the garbage is there in one place. 
In these verses, Solomon says, hey, why don't you come with me for a moment, and I want to take you to the dump. I want to show you all the garbage that's all piled up in the same exact place. Look at the heaping pile of garbage that goes with failure to respect your parents. If you see that one bag of garbage, almost guaranteed there's going to be a whole other pile of garbage around it. Piled up beside it. That's similar. Failure to respect your parents is more than likely a sign of all kinds of other bags of garbage in your life. Proverbs 30, verses 11 to 14. Let's just look at some of these bags of garbage all piled up next to each other. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. That's what we're talking about. Failure to honor and respect your parents. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. One gross, disgusting pile of garbage. But let's keep reading. Piled up next to that bag of garbage, verse 12. There are those who are clean in their own eyes. They think they're good and righteous and all the rest, but are not washed of their filth. Here's another bag of garbage in verse 13. There are those, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift, pride. And then verse 14, there are those whose teeth are swords as they speak and whose fangs are knives. This is no doubt a reference to words. To devour the poor from off the earth, the needy, from among mankind. We just looked at a heaping pile of garbage, all piled up there next to those who curse their fathers and don't bless their mothers. God gives us the idea or impression that all these things or things like this tend to go together, often as a package. You got one bag of garbage, you probably got a whole pile. And maybe it's time to take all that garbage out. Further, failure to respect your parents is a death sentence. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 20. Uh, God gives us two verses that each give us a unique picture of the severe way that God deals with those who fail to respect their parents. Uh, These verses are probably tied to the Old Testament law, and yet their weight is still relevant for today. Failure to respect your parents is essentially a death wish, especially under the Old Testament law. Proverbs 20, verse 20, says, If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Uh, the, the picture is of putting out or st- extinguishing a flame. Probably, uh, as Solomon writes, he probably has maybe an oil lamp or something like that in mind. Uh, we might think of a candle today being put out in the dark of night. Uh, maybe you think about someone wetting their fingers and then pinching a candle wick. It's done. Putting it out. I think all of us have probably had birthday cakes where we've blown out uh, the candles. And all the candles, all the little candles there are flaming with light, whether it's seven candles or your kids put like 70 candles on there. But there they all, all those little candles flaming with light. And then it happens, it's just... And out they all go. If you're any good at like blowing out candles. And that's the picture. That's the type of warning God gives. But that's just one of them. Proverbs 30 verse 17 says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. 
Okay, the, 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 the child who's proud, he's got a proud eye and he dishonors and disrespects his parents. What's he going to get? What's the warning? It's the warning of a dishonorable grave. A proud and arrogant kid who fails to honor and obey his parents is warned by God of a roadkill kind of grave. You see something dead by the road, whether it be a deer or, I don't know, something else. And you see the crows and the ravens and the magpies all swarming around and picking at it. And God warns that that is the type of future that awaits those who fail to respect their mom and dad. When you curse your parents, there's a direct correlation. When you curse your parents, God curses you. That's what was being said in the Old Testament here. Hold your mom and dad in the highest regard. Honor and respect your parents. Don't curse them. There's actually something positive on the flip side that God wants. He wants you to bless them. Do them good. Hold them really, really, really high in your thoughts, in your attitudes, actions, and words. Uh, Things like the following don't show honor and respect to your parents. Uh, If you speak to them rudely, harshly, or you speak to them as if you're equals, that's disrespectful. Rolling your eyes, walking away, uh, yelling at them, sighing, huffing and puffing at them, mocking them, talking back to them, arguing with them, ignoring them, speaking poorly of them to other people, probably your friends in particular, doing things just to hurt them, bother them, or I know mom will be super annoyed if I do this and I just want to get under her skin right now, disobeying them. Not giving them the time of day. I don't want to spend time with them. I, I don't. Refusing to care for them, particularly in old age. I mean, they're going to care for you. You need them to really care for you your first 20 years of life. And good chance their last 20, they're going to need you. God wants you to do the opposite of these things I just mentioned in honor and respect your parents. And some of you sitting here today, you may need to ask your parents to forgive you. Mom, will you forgive me? I've been very disrespectful. I have not listened. Will you forgive me? That's a sin. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to go back to where we started because we don't want to miss the heart of all of this. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're talking about how to wisely relate to your parents. And I just want to remind you that that is where this all starts with a child, with a kid, with a teenager who fears the Lord and knows him. And so I want to ask you, do you have a real and growing relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you fear the Lord? You can try all day to be a great kid. And you're going to fail again and again and again and again. The Bible actually is not a book that just tells you to be this and be that. I mean, it has a lot of instruction and guidance and commands, but it's not, hey, why don't you go out and be a good person? That is not the heart of this book. The heart of this book is you can't do this. You're a sinner. There's nothing good in you. But God can make you new. God can give you a new heart. God can wash away all your filth and defilement. And God can make you a new creature through the work of Christ and come and live within you and help you from the inside out. It all starts 
with a relationship with God where he literally lives and dwells inside of you. And so I think it would be appropriate to ask you, is that the case in your life? Are you just a person trying to do good and do better? God says there's none righteous, not even one. And if you're just trying to do good and do better, you're going to be a miserable failure probably at whatever you're trying to do and you're going to be very, very frustrated. Jesus Christ will take all of your sins and failures upon himself. That's what was going on on the cross. Jesus Christ sacrificed his life as your substitute in your place. He died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to take a punishment that you deserved. And he did all that to satisfy God's wrath for your sin so that you could be right with God. And peace could be secured between you and not your earthly father, but your heavenly father, your creator. And Jesus was very clear in the Gospels that if you want to be right with your, your heavenly father, you want to be right with your creator, then you have to repent of your sin and trust in the work of Christ and what he did on the cross and that alone to save you. You have to come to God and say, God, you're right, I am a sinner. I can't do this. I'm broken. I deserve your judgment. And I see what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I believe that that's enough to save me. God, would you save me from my sins? And the Bible talks about at that point that God actually comes and he makes his home inside of you. And that's where change begins to happen. Jesus Christ will take all of your sins and failures upon himself and he will make you new and give you himself living and dwelling within, within you to help you be the type of kid God wants you to be. You should wisely relate to your parents. And may God give you the grace to do that, uh, even when mom and dad may not seem deserving of it. Uh, We want to be people who relate to our parents wisely. Would you bow your heads with me at this time?